If you're looking to exit the W-2 world, you're going to find inspiration from today's guest who did so in just seven years of working for the man at Fortune 500 companies. Join me as I talk with Gabe Peterson and we walk through his journey of working behind a cubicle wall to now full-time real estate investor. Let's go. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today, I have a very special friend, special guest from, I was going to say across the pond, but you're just across the across the land. I don't know across, what the case across is. Across the United States. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the other corner of the United States where from, from where I'm at, right? So Gabe Peterson, founder of Great Northwest Homebuyers, a principal at Equal Housing Group, and most importantly, the host of the Real Estate Investing Club, Gabe started out his career like many W-2 capitalists, right? Completely oblivious to real estate as a path, right? And you got started as a management consultant for Fortune 500 companies. I can't imagine what that feels like. Uh, funny. Maybe <laughs> like a uh, like a whip, maybe like a slave kind of thing. And then you worked the cubicle life for over seven years. And after that seven years of working for, I love how you put this in air quotes, the man, right? Uh, you stumbled into real estate after buying a broken down triplex in Tacoma, Washington. And as they say, the rest is history, right? So since that first triplex, Gabe went on to start Great Northwest Homebuyers, a single family and multifamily real estate investment company focused on rehabs and rentals in the greater Washington area. And we, I have some friends in Seattle, Tacoma area, and they talk about how crazy the market is there and you can't find anything, but here you are, you're doing it right in that area. So we're going to talk about that, but let's get into that very first one, that triplex, man. Tell us the story behind the triplex. Yeah, for sure. And how, did you, how, did you stumble, you. how did you stumble into <laughs> investing, right? Uh, yeah, stumbling. I mean, I feel like everybody who gets into investing, they nobody is like, well, few people are started out and they're like, I'm going to be an investor. It was all like, oh shit, now I'm doing this. Let's, let's keep going. Um, but yeah, I got to correct you that, that bio that I have on my website, I got to, I got to change that. That is ancient. It's outdated. All right. Those companies don't even exist. <laughs> uh, it's Tyson Properties is, is the, um, is the company. And uh, I don't do flips anymore. I, my focus is mobile home parks, RV parks and self storage. Um, so nice. I moved on to commercial. Um, but yeah, the story, I mean, like so many other people out there, the story, it, my story is not linear whatsoever. Um, went to school up here in, uh, in Washington, UW, graduated degree in philosophy, um, wanted to go to law school. And so what I is UW? Out there. Uh, it's in Seattle. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I went out there, I shadowed some, uh, some lawyers realized it was not the life <laughs> I wanted but I'd already graduated. So I was like, shit, what am I going to do? 
Um, so a friend was doing, uh, he was working at Accenture, a consulting firm. And he said, you know, I'm flying around doing all this, all this cool stuff. And I was like, it sounds like fun. Um, so I went and got myself a job as a consultant and, uh, and turned out I actually hated it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, it was a lot of commuting. Um, there was very little autonomy, very little freedom. Um, and it just, it just was not the life that I wanted. And so like within a few years, I, I was looking for a way out. Um, and I, you know, I had nobody in my family who was entrepreneurial. Um, nobody who, well, actually that's not true. I do, I do have uncles. Um, but nobody, nobody close though. Family, right. Right. Yeah. Who, who kind of gave me that influence. And so I didn't really have a direction. Um, and that is killer when you're trying to start a business and you don't know what you want to do. Cause you just start doing everything. Um, so I started actually, I started in e-commerce and I, I built an e-commerce store up to about 20,000 a month, um, gross, not, not profit. Um, but I didn't like that life cause it was just <laughs> sitting behind a computer, staring at a screen, you know, looking at numbers. It w- wasn't a lot of fun. Um, so that was my first venture out, ditched that, moved on to, uh, digital marketing. I started my own digital marketing agency, got some clients in real estate actually, um, but again, I didn't really like that cause it was again, just sitting behind a computer screen. And it wasn't until, um, I read, of course, the Bible of real estate uh, <laughs> and <laughs> kind of opened my eyes, um, to real estate as an Avenue. And that's when I uh, got that triplex. Um, I, I do not remember how I found it. Um, you'd think that, I think it was through someone, I, some realtor friend that I knew, um, I told him. Oh, it was through my aunt and she had, she used to be a realtor. She knew somebody somehow. And we got this property. It was me and a friend. We were like, all right, this sounds great. Let's do this. Um, it was a crappy little triplex up here in Tacoma and we got it for 187,000. Um, we were lucky. Like we looking back, I did not know how to run numbers back then. I did not know how to do buildings. <laughs> you know, nobody does when they get started, but no, I, really didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, hey, so here, real quick, a lot of people don't know this. Our very first deal, what I call my false start, right? I bought a house in 2006. I got an opportunity to move to the coast and, and the house I bought then I couldn't sell it. I was underwater because just where we were in the, in the cycle of things. Um, so we put it up for rent, hired a management company to handle it for us. And, uh, our mortgage was 1300 bucks. And we were getting 1500 bucks a month. And I'm like, Oh man, we're cash flowing. We're, we got it. We know what we're doing. And it wasn't until like two years later, I started looking at things and calculating taxes, insurance, property management fees, repairs and maintenance, and then some vacancy. It was, it was in a very nice area, but we had some vacancy and I calculated all that up. I was like, huh, uh, it's costing me $300 a month to hold this property. Uh, I would be okay with it if it's appreciating that fast, but I know it's not. So, uh, we ended up ditching that as soon as I figured out how to calculate the numbers. So yeah, most people, when they start out, they, they don't, but, (laughs) or they think they do until they buy a property. They're like, Oh, (laughs) and see, that's actually, that's where I got lucky. I didn't know how to calculate it, but I bought, I think I bought this first triplex in, it was like 2014 or 2015. Um, okay. and at that point, Seattle was just a freaking hockey stick. Like it was yeah. going straight up. And so I, I, you know, me and my friend, we bought it. We, uh, you know, we put some work into it. Uh, it was a hoarder triplex. Like it was just, okay. it was a nightmare. Um, 
but we fixed it up and then we ended up selling it. I don't remember the end price, but we walked away with 87,000, um, which, you know, I had never seen that much in one check before in my lifetime. And I was just like, (laughs) Oh shit, this is real. Um, I didn't end up actually going full time in real estate for a while. I kept doing, uh, consulting and, you know, other things, but that, 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 that was the first deal. That's when I got the taste. Um, and from that point on, I went into wholesaling and flip fix and flips and all this stuff. And and here's one thing I want to highlight is, you know, the, the, uh, discrepancy between your bio and where you're at now. Right. And, and this happens so frequently with real estate investors is that you, and you did the same thing with when you're trying to figure out what you want to do from an entrepreneur standpoint, you know, you try something and you figure out, Hey, this is not for me. It's not working out like I thought of it. And then you shift to something else and you try something else and then you try something else and you try and try and t- you know, until you find the one that makes sense for you. And usually the one that makes sense for you is when you make more money you've ever made before in your life and doing the less amount of work than you've ever done in your life before too. So I, you know, I, I think it's funny that, um, you've moved on in, you know, from where your bio was until now. Uh, and that's what I want people to hear. Right. It's a little embarrassing for me to not know that coming in here, but I was like, you know what, this is actually a good thing because when, when I first started out and you possibly you too, you're like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my investing career. Right. And as things, because I started out trying to wholesale too, and I I figured out quickly, that's not my personality to be a wholesaler. (laughs) And I was like, Oh man, I'm fell. I'm going to be a failure at wholesaling. I'm not going to be a real estate investor. Well, no, eventually something clicked. And like there are thousands, if not millions of ways to make money in real estate investing. You just need to go find the niche that works for you. And that sounds like that's what you did, not only as an entrepreneur, but also as an investor. And um, we're talking a lot about this in the mastermind now of how crazy prices are, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. first buy and hold guys, uh, no, the fix and flippers, as long as they can find a deal, they're absolutely loving it, right? Because they're they're getting quick turns. Well, they may not be getting quick turns if they don't have the team lined up. But when they get a property put on the, on the market, bam, it's gone. You know, there is really no waiting period. So the fix and flippers are loving it. The buy and hold guys who stick to their criteria is really hard to find deals these days, right? So um, yeah, nothing's cash flow. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the thing, and we've got to. Um, so we have to adjust. We have to think. What's the next thing? By the way, what are you cracking open there? Is it? Mm. Is it? It is Costco, basically Costco's LaCroix. Uh, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of sparkling water at this shit. Uh, I, I buy like four pallets at a time. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where, you know, you have to shift. And, and I think there's a shift coming up. And, and I want to ask you this, even though you're not in the uh, single family area and holding, right? Do you have any single family holds right now? No, I just sold my, I mean, in Seattle, it's uh, yeah. even now it's just crazy. And so I just yeah. sold my, du- uh, my, my last, it wasn't a single family, it was a duplex, but um, yeah, Close I mean, it, it went yeah. over, it was, was, I think it was a hundred or 150,000 over what I thought I was going to get. And it was just like, yeah, <laughs> well, why not take that? It. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, that, that is, that is incredible. So I totally forgot where I was going with that, but let me try to regain my thoughts. Hang on a minute. What was I? Oh, where was I going with that? Single family, um, buy and hold. Forget it. 
I need LaCroix sparkling <laughs> water or whatever, whatever you got going <laughs> yeah, on. Over man. There. <laughs> gotta so, go to Costco. So you, 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 you bought that triplex, uh, you, you sold it. Did you immediately sell it? Did you like flip it or did you hold it for a while to, to get some of the cash flow? What was the, what was the plan there? And did, was that how it worked out or did you just kind of, kind of figure it out as you go along? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what we were talking about. It's just how, um, nonlinear everybody's path is yeah. um, like, you know, you start at the, you think that, that you, you know, you're getting into real estate and you think flipping is for you like that. That's the thing, you know, you watch HGTV, like this is the sexy stuff, man. It's the dramatic, yeah. emotional, sexy stuff on TV. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, wait a minute. You changed flavors. You were just, oh, you man, just popped open a big can and now you got like a yellow water. can. <laughs> <laughs> I got it all, please. <laughs> um, we're going to go through the old color of the rainbow by the end of the show, man. And it's only like 30 minutes. <laughs> Oh, shit. I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, it's, it's all right. So we we're talking about not not being linear, and everybody's going to find their path eventually. In real estate. Uh, yeah. Um, triplex, flipping it. Oh, you were asking if I held it. Um, yep. yeah. So I did. We held. Well, so, so I mean, this is the first one that we had. We did, or I did. Um, and so I didn't. We didn't know what we were doing. So we, you know, once we fixed it up. We thought we were going to hold it. It was cash flowing well. Um, but then we saw the prices and we were like, shit, let's sell it. And so, um, yeah, we sold it. And that's when I got into to wholesaling after that. I remember the first wholesale I did was $5,000. And I feel like that is the, the amount that you, you're guaranteed to get as your first wholesale. Because I, <laughs> I talked to so many people and they all say 5,000. That's the amount they get on the first wholesale. Um, but yeah, man, wholesaling is rough. I, it's a, uh, um, I do it now in commercial, which is a lot different, but in single family, it's like, you know, there's some guys out there that are crushing it in wholesaling, but, um, you really got to have the systems up. You got to be on point with talking to sellers. Um, it's, it's yeah. its own beast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, as funny as you mentioned that, um, you found this triplex because you were talking to your aunt or your aunt knew about your aspirations to, to get into investing. Um, how, what would you say to folks who like, like me seven years ago, I'm thinking, Oh, rich dad, poor dad, I need to become a real estate investor. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I don't have any money. My family doesn't really invest in real estate. Mm, who can I talk to? How did, how, what kind of advice can you give folks who are listening to this, who are just scared to have that conversation? Um, with friends and family, like, well, how can you help encourage them to go ahead and have that conversation? Right. Yeah. So, um, you need confidence. The only way to get confidence is to take action. Um, and so really you just need to take action. If I, if I were talking to somebody who was just getting started for sure, um, especially if you, if you need a job, uh, if you don't have some type of income coming in, I would definitely say, go find an investor who's established, who's, you know, rocking it and see how you can help them. Um, see if the, maybe you, they can hire you as a project manager for their flips, um, as a calling, you know, sellers, whatever they need, um, figure out how you can get in because then you can learn from that investor and that that'll cut your learning curve down so much. It'll, I mean, being able to learn from somebody who's already crushing it is, is very, very, very important. Um, and you know, you can obviously learn on your own, reading books, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, but it, there's nothing that compares to actually seeing it being done. 
because that really gives you the confidence, you know, seeing the process is like, shit, this actually works. Like I can do this. Yeah. There's, there's a guy. Oh, what color are we on? What is that? Yellow? No, still yellow. <laughs> still yellow. <laughs> so th- there's a guy that I've known for about a year now. He's in the mastermind or whatnot. He calls me up one day. He goes, man, I want to know about this mentorship. And at first I didn't know what he was talking about. And he goes, he basically said, I want you to mentor me. Like I see what you're doing. Uh, I see what's going on. And I said, well, he goes, how can I help you? I was like, I can't find a deal anywhere. I, you know, I, I just, I've actually stopped looking. So if you want to go find a deal and bring it to me, we'll underwrite it. If it makes sense, we'll move forward. We'll do a partnership on it. He said, what does that look like? I said, I don't know. It depends on the deal. You know? So if you want to, if you want to go and he's a very strong networker, right? He, he he's uh, connected and just keeps talking to folks and just, he's been kind of building this networking um, circle for the last six months. So he makes that call and then, and then he, um, about two weeks later after he and I had that conversation, he goes, Hey man, I got a deal for us to look at. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. I mean, it's yeah. Okay. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's, let's try it out. (laughs) And, um, we, uh, we're under contract on it right now. We, uh, just ordered the appraisal yesterday and, um, it's a really good deal. Like I, it, it is, it's funny. We found it, uh, or he found it. I can't take credit for this. We, he found <laughs> it because he had been talking to the, the listing agent and, um, it was under contract. Mm. Uh, and the folks who had it, uh, they had it under contract for, I think 60 days and had not done anything. They had not ordered, they had not done an inspection. They had not even been to view the property. They just had it under contract. And, um, it was about to, their contract was about to end. And, uh, so, uh, we had our LOI submitted before their contract had end, ended and we signed the actual agreement, uh, the day after that contract ended. And if it wasn't for him networking and building these relationships, I wouldn't have that story to tell. So yeah, it's, 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 and he got to learn from you going through this process. So, well, and that's the thing. So, you know, we're dealing with the banks. He's never, he's never closed a deal, um, at all. And we're going, you know, we're working with the banks and introducing him to some of those concepts and negotiating with banks, which most people, most newbies don't realize that you can do. And he's like, man, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you could do that. Matter of fact, I need to have him on the podcast after we close and just unpack yeah, that. Give the yeah. story for sure. Yeah. So. You go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say like, um, you know, hearing that story about this guy's out there, he's networking, just talking, talking, talking to people. Uh, the thing that pops into my mind when I think of like, you know, people ask, how do you get started in real estate? Um, and they like, what do you need to do? I always think that there really, it just comes down to two things. You need to have volume of offers and you need to follow up. And I feel like yeah. once you can get that done, <laughs> then it's going to work. You just need yeah. to put out offers like five a week, put five offers out there a week and then just keep following up. If you talk yeah. to the seller, just follow it. They're, they're going to say no the first time for sure, but they reached out for a reason. So put them in your calendar next month, give them a call next month, give them a call. Keep calling them. If you can do those two things, man, it'll work. So in last week I had, um, Derek Tellier on the, uh, on the podcast here and he I don't know if this was not known, but he, he talked about it in the podcast. He goes, um, yeah, I led Aria for six months. Uh, I had about 30 people showing up every, every month before I ever closed on a deal. 
and it, awesome. he was well, and he was in a position. He's out he there said doing he, it. <laughs> he was he was hustling. He knew what he wanted to do, and he was still working a full time job. and And he was going to this RIA meeting, and uh, the guy who was leading it uh, stepped down, and nobody picked it up. He goes, "I'll do it." Yeah. And and now he's got like uh, I think thirty or forty people showing up every month just to network and talk about it. And he has um, uh, seven properties under his belt now. Right. That's so awesome. three, three long-term holds and uh, four short-term rentals. So it's an incredible, incredible story. Just to talk about battling imposter syndrome or, um, uh, you know, not really caring what other people think. Yeah. I'm leading it because I'm stepping up and he's benefiting from it, but it's, it comes back to the hustle and just being able to get out there and not being afraid to make offers, uh, mm-hmm. especially in an environment like this, you know, um, one of the things that I, I hear a lot of newbies talk about is, well, when I run the numbers and I see what they're asking, I'm too far off. I'm like, put it out there. So what <laughs> uh, your reward to yourself for underwriting the deal is submitting the offer. Yeah, exactly. You never know what's going to happen. Now it, it is an absolute ridiculous market right now with the way things are happening. Um, but I tell them, I was like, I, I want you to feel the satisfaction of you didn't do all this work for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you never know when, what they'll come back to. I mean, um, you don't. it's, if you under, I, I totally agree. If you underwrite it, if you run the numbers, it gets an offer. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. a 10th of what they're asking for. Just give them the offer. They, they, just give at least them. they have it That's in their it. hands and they can, uh, and they can review it. Yeah. And I, I like what you said earlier. You said, um, imposter syndrome and that is, for sure at the beginning, it's really difficult to battle that. And even now, so um, self-storage is a new asset class for me. I'm, um, I'm doing mobile home parks, RV parks. I have experience there, but I want to get into self-storage because I don't really want to um, own assets where people live there. Um, you know, I want mm-hmm. to get more onto the commercial side where it's, it's more of a business than it is a uh, you know, residential. And so even now I'm like dealing, talking with sellers. I even deal with a little bit of imposter syndrome because I haven't closed <laughs> self-storage yet. And so I, you know, I know how to underwrite, um, real estate in general, but it's still a new asset class. That's, so that's just to say like, it never completely goes away. You're always dealing, you know, you're always learning yeah. new things and you just got to stay in it. You got to be like, you know, this is what I'm doing. I, I tell sellers like, you know, I don't own self-storage yet. Um, it's a new asset class for me. So, there you, go. you know, I'm, I may ask odd questions, just call me out if, <laughs> if that's the thing. <laughs> well, so, uh, so yeah. I think transparency is key to building relationships and you, and that's what this is. It's a relationship business. And, and I hate it when people say, um, fake it till you make it. No, oh, yeah. don't, don't fake anything. Just be transparent. I'm going to gain respect for you and, and be willing to engage with you more if you come to me and says, Hey, look, I'm running this RIA, but I've never closed the deal or I'm looking to buy self storage and I don't own a single self storage unit. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, how can I help you? You know, it's (laughs) one of those things. So one of the, one of the things I like to talk about is taking big risk, right? And it depends on where, uh, you as the listener are, uh, in your investing journey, you may be starting out, you may be timid to even have a conversation with your aunt, who's a realtor who can, who only works with investors. Right. Or you could be like Gabe and looking to dive into a new asset class, right? Regardless of where you are, there is some sort of risk that you've got to take. Right. And Gabe, we talked, uh, earlier, uh, not earlier in the questionnaire that I sent you, you know, one of the biggest risks 
you felt you had to accomplish uh, to accomplish your goal of financial freedom? Because that's why you started investing, right? Was to to get to financial freedom. What was the biggest risk that you had to take along your your investing journey? Hey guys, I want to take a break from the interview with Gabe real quick and let you know about PropStream. PropStream is one of those tools in my bag, a recent affiliate of the W2 Capitalist. It is one of those tools that I use to do big data research, find out markets, finding motivated sellers is the number one benefit I get from using that tool. And if you're not a PropStream user and you want to give it a try for seven days completely free, head over to w2capitalist.com forward slash PropStream. That's w2capitalist.com forward slash P-R-O-P-S-T-R-E-A-M. I'm hoping I spelled that right. w2capitalist.com forward slash PropStream. Now let's get back to the interview with Gabe. So the biggest risk was, I want to say when I, when I left my full-time job, was a big, big risk because I didn't, yeah. didn't have enough to live on for, um, I mean, more than what, six months probably. Um, and I used most of that to buy a, to buy a flip. And so, uh, <laughs> That's that a good runway probably, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as I said, I used most of it to, yeah. to buy the flip. <laughs> That's all and right so, though. I, I think, you know, there's, we, we did an assessment, my wife and I sat back and did an assessment, um, not too long ago. And we realized how much money we just have sitting in different spots and it's doing nothing but collecting dust. Well, mm. it's collecting the 0.001% interest, which is losing money. Right. Um, and you know, we quickly started putting that to work. We did some private money loans and stuff like that. So I, I get that you've got six months to use that, but you're, you just be spending it on, food, groceries, yeah. housing, water, stuff like that. Goes down. Yeah. It just slowly goes down anyway. But if you can take that and kind of re, you know, inject it into to an investment that's potentially, you don't know at this point, but potentially uh, give you some good returns, then that's what you need to do. Was this your first flip or have you done no. one before? Yeah. So this was, um, this was my second. Uh, so I'd done that triplex. Um, and then I did a couple wholesales and then, um, and then, then there was this flip and this was actually, this specific deal was, there's a lot of lessons learned. Um, it was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, uh, so I bought, it, it was a small, small house, 800 square feet. Um, and we bought it for $80,000 here in Seattle. You know, most people hear that in, you know, East, East coast and they're like, that's overpaying. Seattle is not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's decent. Um, so 80,000 for 800 square foot house. Um, we, I figured it was about 60 to put into it. Uh, what I, so when you're new and you're afraid, what do they say? Uh, scared, scared money, don't make money or something like that. Yeah. So I was like afraid <laughs> going into this flip and I, I was just too, um, I needed to get it lower. And so I, I negotiated with the seller and I was like, Hey, uh, can I drop this? Uh, I think 20,000 is what we went down. Um, and then I'll give you 50% of the profit on the back end. Nice. Um, and that turned actually turned out to be pretty, uh, a poor decision because <laughs> it wasn't like there wasn't enough, uh, profit on the end to really justify the amount of time that I spent, um, you know, put into it. Uh, you know, we didn't Did lose, you money. lose. No, no, we made money, but not enough to where we were like, all right, that was, that was like a successful deal. Um, but yeah. you know, everything's a lesson learned. So moved on from that one. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I've even called myself 
struggling with when I look at deals is I don't want to lose money. I've lost money before uh, in some, in some deals. I don't want to lose money. Right. And I confuse losing money and breaking even or, you know, making a profit. Although if I spend, you know, 200 hours on a project and I make a thousand dollar profit, you can question, is it really profitable? You know what I mean? So I I, I want to make that point for you guys listening is that there is a difference between losing money and being profitable on a deal. Just there is a difference and don't be scared that you're going to lose money unless you do something absolutely asinine and stupid along those lines, which if you're a W2 capitalist and you've been listening to all the podcasts, you're, you've been educated very well. (laughs) (laughs) You know what you're doing. Don't worry. Shameless plug. Right. (laughs) All right. One of the things we talk about is, you know, I I hate the phrase self-made millionaire. I don't think anybody in, especially in the U S gets to where they are because of anything they do uh, by themselves and alone. Right. There's a lot of people they should be thinking and like those people are just pushing those folks down into the mud and saying, who are you? You know, but you mentioned that you have a lot of people that have helped you along the way. Who are some of those people uh, other than your aunt who gave you the lead on the first deal or or connected with somebody? Who are some of those people that uh, we should be giving a thanks and a shout out for everything you're doing now and, and uh, with a real estate investing club and your YouTube channel and all that. Yeah. I mean, you said it that nobody, even if you, um, if you're like the owner or CEO or whatever, the head of your company, you're, you're never, you didn't get there alone and nobody did. Um, I a hundred percent agree. Um, so the first one for me, besides my aunt was, well, the first, first one was good old, um, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Books. Those, those are mentors. (laughs) Even even in and of themselves. But after that, um, I joined a mastermind and that was, um, shoot, what was his name? Love Masterminds. Matt Yeah, Matt <laughs> from California. I think he's still doing it. It's uh, Epic Real Estate. Um, and so that was like the mastermind that I, it was a group mastermind and we got together, I think it was like twice a week and just went over deals and just being able to, um, it was an online thing, so it wasn't in person, but just being able to kind of be in the environment, you know, I didn't have experience. I I was working on that one flip, but um, hearing other people doing it, hearing other people have success, um, it kind of broke down the barrier or it kind of showed me the mental barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that, that first mentorship experience uh, was really crucial. Um, Sounds very similar to the W2 Capitalist Mastermind, which if you're listening and you want to find out more information, you go to w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. Sorry, Gabe, back to you. I couldn't let that go. No, that is good. I I 100% think everybody should do that. Um, If you have zero experience, check it out. W2 Capitalist. Uh, Being in a group mastermind really does help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That was one of the the first things that I did. It wasn't wasn't too expensive, if I remember right, but... Um, I mean, one of the benefits is they give you all the, um, the things you don't think you, you don't know you need when you get started, yeah, like yeah. contacts <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, resources to, to reach out to property managers and blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, but after that, I mean, everybody that I've, that I've partnered with on deals have, have, yeah. have taught me things, um, especially getting into commercial. Um, I, I always say, you know, it, you should definitely go big, um, but don't go big too soon. Yeah. Uh, everybody always says, I wish I went bigger earlier. And I agree. I think, it, you know, if, if you have people within your immediate network that have a lot of experience, for sure, just start with a $10 million 
apartment complex. Um, but if you don't, you know, don't start there. Start, start as a single family. Yeah. And you want to start and, smart. I think the next person I hear say that question, I'm, I'm going to ask them, uh, why? Why do you wish you, do you think you would have had the same success just on a grander scale because you're awesome or, you know, why? And yeah, that sounded kind of rude, but, um, <laughs> but why, why do you wish you would, why can't you just be happy with the success that you started with? Because it's led to where you're at now and it's pretty damn, pretty damn good spot. Right. I don't know. I, I, I hear that all the time. I wish I would have went bigger sooner. I was like, and I've probably said it actually, Gabe, I've probably said that somewhere over the years, but it's hard to um, not appreciate what we've done and where we started because yeah, we could have went bigger and it could have fell on our face and not recovered from it. You know yeah. what? I mean, you know what I mean? So, and it's easy to say that once you like have the experience behind you, oh, yeah. you, you yeah. have all this knowledge and you're like, man, if I only gone bigger, but you, you don't remember, you know, back in the day, you didn't have this and yeah, you didn't know what to do. And so if you had gone bigger, you would have ran into a wall or something like it's not, or you can, <laughs> or I may challenge them. Why don't you go bigger on the next deal? Uh, what was that? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. What, what are you, what are you talking about? What? You said you wish it would have went bigger. You're, you're on this level. Now you want to go to this uh, level. Why not go all the way up to, you know, turn it up to 11, buddy. Come on, let's go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, it, it's uh it's, It'd be an interesting conversation for sure. Who else, man? Who else is on your list that, that uh, we should be thinking? Um, so my previous partnership, Jan Wanat, Martin Dorr, um, those guys, that's where I learned uh, mobile home RV parks. Um, I mean, everybody who's been on my podcast, like literally everybody that I talk to, uh, they, I learned something from them and you yeah. know, I, I only have experience in, in what two asset classes, single family, little bit of small multifamily and then mobile home RV parks. But talking to everybody on the podcast, I get to hear about retail and about industrial and about, you know, all the other types of properties out there and experiences people have and why you should invest and all these different things. And so everybody that I've, I've spoken with um, on the podcast is a mini mentor to me, even being on your podcast right right now. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then, I mean, everybody who in my life, who's, who's told me to keep going, you know, like my, yeah. my girlfriend, my sister, my parents, um, when you're in it, it's really difficult, especially when you're just getting started. You don't, you know, it's, it's difficult to see results, especially in something like a flip. That's a six month project, nine month project. It's difficult to see that at the end without, you know, getting there and, and getting that confidence. So you just got to keep going. And if you got people behind you that are just like, you know, you got this, keep going you know, don't worry, then, uh, then that'll push you through until you actually, you know, get that confidence by seeing the results, which is really where the confidence comes from. Yeah. That emotional support team is huge. And if you're listening to this, you don't have one. I want to point you once again to w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. There you go. There you go. (laughs) One day I'm going to be able to get through that without sounding like a cheesy, uh, cheesy BT. Anyway, let's go. Let's, (laughs) let's, let's move on to the last section of the show. It's called off the wall, right? So you ready for this? Three random questions. Uh, let me see if any of them, none of them actually have anything to do with real estate investing. So this will be fun. All right. All right. So, so question number one, Gabe, if you could go on an adventure tomorrow, what adventure would you choose? Ooh, that's a good one. Does it include Um, a big Brian skillet, iron skillet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Down at uh, ocean shores. That's where it's at. Um, 
shoot an adventure tomorrow. Where would I go? Um, so it's, I've been wanting, I, I own a motorbike and I like biking around. Um, I've always wanted to rent a motorbike in Europe and do a European motor motorbike trip. Nice. Um, so I think that's what I do. Okay. Is your girlfriend going with you? Actually, no, she hates that. No. <laughs> she can come, but she would just fly from city to city. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. Do you have an image of something that you'll never forget? Oof, an image of something I'll never forget. Wow, Maybe keep it PG. <laughs> uh, that is an interesting question. Um, wow, I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank on that one. An image of something I'll I never... I know. What's the name of that soda you're drinking? Oh, man. Yeah, for the sure. The first so. time you ever sipped one of those, right? <laughs> Yep, got you hooked. Sparkling water. <laughs> First time it hit my lips. It was a moment. <laughs> That's incredible. We're still on the yellow can, folks. If you if you're just listening and not watching, you just took a sip. We started with I think it was red. Started. started we red. Went to, There's actually three colors. There's then red, we went to orange, green. and now we're to yellow. We're gonna get to the green and blue and purple here in just a minute. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right. Third question. Then we're gonna get out of here. Have you ever been fired? And if so, from where? Uh, yes, from, I was a bartender at, um, what bar was that? I think it was the rock, the rock up here in, uh, in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, was it and, after Alcatraz or the wrestler? How long well, was it named the rock? Uh, it's, it's just like a rock and roll kind of theme. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Bar up here. That makes more sense. I'm such yeah. an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they, <laughs> I was like a scrawny little, like what I was like 18 year old or something like that. Yeah. And they just said, I didn't fit with the, the, the crowd, you know, the, the guys that were the big guys that were coming in. They wanted the wanted a different fit. And I was like, Oh man, come on. <laughs> they didn't know but, that uh, when they were interviewing you. Like, well, well yeah, come on. <laughs> I, I put that on them. That's my opinion. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a little odd. That's anyway. All right. Gabe, how can people get in touch with you if they're in Tacoma and Washington and want to learn more about what you're doing or uh, connect with you on some commercial mobile home stuff storage? What's the best way for people to get connected with you? Uh, yeah. Uh, website's probably the best. The real estate investing club.com. I got to update that info on there. Hopefully <laughs> there. that's okay. It's, it's, uh, my email is just Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Um, and yeah, it's the best place. Awesome. Thank you for being here today and sharing your knowledge and, and, uh, letting us see that regardless of where we want to start investing in real estate, we just need to try and realize that we're going to have to try, try, try and try again until we find what really works. So thank you for that. Really do appreciate it. Absolutely, Jay. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And uh, everybody check out jw2capitalist.com. Um, check out that mentorship. That's that's where you got to start if that, you're getting started in real estate. <laughs> I, let me give it one more one time. w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. Okay, thanks again, buddy. I will talk with you soon. Absolutely. All right, guys. If this episode, anything Gabe and I talked about resonated with you today, 
I would absolutely love it if you left us a five-star rating and review. That's the stars plus the written comment on iTunes. It takes about two minutes to do. And if you will do this, I will forever be grateful because your rating and your review helps get the W2 Capitalist podcast into the ears of new listeners. So if you've got two minutes right now, I would greatly appreciate it. Just go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review, and then... And then get out there and earn. Invest. Repeat.